0: Cooper Jobson is someone who I met through the rugby league community about a year ago and we've since formed a great relationship and have recorded multiple podcasts together and today he's having a chat with Oliver.
1: Hey Cooper, how are you man? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. You could probably hear that I'm a little sick, but um, yeah, it should be all right.
0: Yeah, you ain't got any of that uh that COVID, have
1: you? <laughs> I hope not.
0: Uh, uh, well, anyway, man, how you been lately?
1: Um, Yeah, I've been all right. Just kicking back. I can't really do a whole lot, so just a lot of Netflix and YouTube. Yeah, I have to apologize. Uh,
0: we're running a bit late today, and that's mainly because of me. I plan to get a good night's sleep wake up early this morning, get some stuff prepared, you know. And I woke up and I think, like, I even pushed the time forward. I said, let's start at 11 and I woke up at, like, 10.30. And I was like, oh, well, I need to have a shower and get ready. And then I went on my computer to get the app up so we could record this through my computer so it could sound a bit better. And the app wasn't working. Um, so we're recording through the phone today, which before we start, I might as well get it out of the way. Uh, a few technical difficulties towards the end of last week's episode with Sterk. Um I think he would start talking before I finished asking a question. Now, I think it's because what we did right was we recorded this through my phone and then I went onto to anchor onto my laptop and edited and uploaded it through there. So I think if we just record this through my phone today and I do all the different little bits and pieces on my phone and then we upload it through my phone, it should be fine. Because with the old Rugby League My Opinion podcast, we did Coop, like, it was fine. We just recorded through my phone and it went up. And recording through the phone, like, it's obviously fine. And, like, it's... Sounds completely fine, but it just sounds better when I've got my microphone and that on the on the computer. So I'm a bit me for then. Just, yep. I know it's something a bit odd on Anchor. You can call and have people on as a guest on your phone, but yeah. you you can't on laptop. That, yeah, that's weird. That's yeah. That you you'd think you'd be able to do it on laptop before you could on your phone. But anyway, it's fine. We're here first thing I wanted to bring up, man, um, on Friday, congratulations, you graduated from high school and you went to your school formal, how was that, man?
1: Um, Yeah, it was pretty good, Uh, I've been, obviously, I finished school, uh, like I had my last day of school a while ago now, but uh, due to the um, virus and all that, they pushed the graduation and formal back, so um, parents could go and... And that, and um, yeah, I, I'm only, my year only had like 10 kids or something like that. So it was a fairly small graduation. They just had like um, the parents and like a few of the year 11s and stuff. So it was pretty low key, but um, yeah, it was good. Um, and the formal was, um, yeah, pretty laid back. It was nice food. Went to the pub afterwards. That was a good, good laugh. Went there with the teachers. Um,
0: yeah. Sorry. Uh, I need to take a step back for a second here. Ten kids in your year?
1: How does? Oh, eleven. Eleven, including me. Sorry, um, sorry. <laughs> oh, it,
0: that makes all the sense in the world.
1: <laughs> um. Oh, we started off with thirty or something oh, like okay.
0: that. Okay, no, you, I can stop you right there. It's fine. Thirty. I
1: mean, that's <laughs> oh, no. Nah, <sorry>. And then, all right. <laughs> and then, um, yeah. Just over the years, they just started dropping off flat flies, and when you got to about year ten, kids just started getting trades and. Yeah, my school that I go to, or used to go to now, uh, Nimman Central, it's a K-12 school and it only has about 200 kids, so it's a very small school, Um, but I I actually like that. I've been to both small and big schools and I I much prefer small schools, so there's more of like a a community sense about it, I feel. Yeah,
0: um, at my primary school, now I didn't go to a K-12 or anything, but my primary school there was only, you know, sort of one class for each year. And there'd be about 15 to 20 kids in each year. I think since my primary school, they've sort of grown and they've got uh, different classes, multiple classes for each year now. But, um, yeah, and a lot of people were saying, I remember when I was in Year 6 transitioning into Year 7, they they're like, oh, you know, for the kids it'll be hard to make that transition because, you know, instead of a school full of uh, around 200 kids like yourself, it becomes a school full of 2000 kids. But you know what? When I went to high school, it felt no bigger. Like even though the school itself was bigger and there were more kids there, it just didn't feel bigger because I guess the size of the school, I guess the size of the school matched how many students there were. So it didn't feel crowded or anything. And it was still pretty simple. So, I mean, that was all fine, but, um, Yeah, so at your formal, went back to the the pub with some teachers. I mean, you don't necessarily need to name names, but how was that?
1: It was good, Um, because obviously the formal was a bit odd, because even though they pushed it back, they still had like a lot of rules, like you couldn't take a date, you couldn't have your parents there, or in the venue we went to, um, they were just like strictly saying no alcohol, even though 90% of us were over 18, but yeah that was odd, so, yeah, we went back to the pub, um yeah, I'm not going to expose anyone, but it was just <laughs> a good laugh because like I've been taught by these guys and girls for um past five years now just to kick back and have a beer, and I don't know it was just really good, too, like a good way to end it, um I think, um yeah, I mean, started playing pool it was yeah, it was good
0: yeah I mean, if there's only eleven of you guys, you, the relationship with the teachers is probably going to be a lot closer. Yep. most. So that's understandable. Um and I understand why you guys didn't have dates either because obviously one of you would be left out with there only being eleven kids in the in the entire yep. year. So yeah. um that'd be a bit unfair. <laughs> uh, yeah man. I'm just thinking back like to my formal it was sort of the same. So instead of having eleven people show up to a formal and in the year we had probably oh about one fifty. Yep. Um, well, we went to this place called Twin Creeks. It's a golf club, sort of probably 40 minutes away from where I live in Penrith. And, um, yeah, it, it was not great. I'll put it that way. <laughs> it was... So the thing was, the venue didn't mind people drinking, right? And as i said you know everyone who was over 18 in years prior were allowed to drink at the venue like that's what they did however for some reason i think the year before us and i've heard stories about stuff that happened nothing terrible but apparently you know people got very drunk and just you know a bit not, nothing happened but like a bit disorderly and yeah. that so they decided yeah. to can it um to can drinking so it wasn't like a law thing or anything. It was just like a school guideline, I guess for the yep. for the formal they said no drinking. So naturally, guess what half the kids did?
1: Hey snuck it in.
0: I snuck it in. Which yep. I, I I tried to as well. Um yeah, but I well I've got to tell you about it. So um, and again I'm over eighteen so it's not illegal. I was pretty much breaking a school rule. It was as if I was I talked during class and I got detention. Right? So what happened was I got these three little Smirnoff vodka things and had them in my jacket. And you know how before the formal, you get photos done outside the venue or somewhere and, you know, everyone's talking. And one of my mates at the time who wasn't going to my school, he came, I don't know, he was telling us, or at least he told me, he was like, oh, apparently like the security is going to be really strict when you guys go in and they're going to like pat you down and stuff. Yeah. And just like in that moment, I'm like, Oh, what am I going to do? And they'll just say, Oh, just stick it down your pants because I can't feel it down your pants. I was like, okay. So I stick it down my pants. and I'm like, this is very noticeable because it's like three yeah. little bottles. So I'm like, okay. I was like, uh, uh, and it's getting time to go in. So I'm like, I just grabbed two of them out. And you, you, you know how like, you're just not really thinking straight when you've you got to make like sort of a sweet decision? I just grabbed two of them and threw them in the bush. So I had one. Yeah. And then we went in. And guess what? No one got patted down. Nothing. We just walked. And I was thinking, oh. And it's not like I was going to have a chance to go out and get the other two bottles. But you know what? That's, that's a lesson because I shouldn't have been doing it in the first place because it was against the rules. Yeah. But when we got in... Like I didn't really have much of an opportunity to drink the alcohol that I did have on me. I think we sat down and for the four hour sort of formal for about three hours, we sort of just sat there, spoke at our tables and had dinner. And I think at one point, I don't know, I had a glass of Coke and I just end up going into the bathroom and putting it in the Coke and drinking it. And I felt no different because it was one little thing. But um, yeah. And then people, they were like, okay, now everyone get up and dance. And it wasn't a very big dance floor. So I didn't. And then there was like an hour of that. And then afterwards, I was still. I remember being very hungry because, like, there was this gourmet dinner, but it was only small, small steak. It was fine. I smashed it out. Uh, I think as a yeah. lot of people did. So me and my girlfriend were just really hungry. So I remember my sister picked us up from the formal, and we'll go to an after party at my mate's house. And um, anyway, but we went, and I said it's a forty-minute drive back to where I live. So about forty minutes, we stop and get macas, eat that. So it's even longer, and then. By this point, it's about, it's midnight by the time I get back to my mate's house. And um, a few of us are there and it it was just a long night. So what we pretty much did was just sit around and spoke. And that wasn't bad, but it's like, you know, a formal after party. You hear about it. It's supposed to be these big things. So it it wasn't bad, but like we just sat around, drank and spoke and then about two and understandably so because it was a weekday. Um, we all had to go home so it wasn't too eventful so yeah I wouldn't say it was great but uh, that's enough about me then But uh, just a bit of a lesson to everyone out there if you've got a school formal coming up in the next couple of years and they tell you not to drink it's probably not worth trying to smuggle stuff in so that's my story yeah um but while we're on the topic of high school, man, I mean, I might as well ask you some questions. This isn't just yep. Oliver's personal therapy session. Um, <laughs> high school. So tight-knit group, I take it, because you guys were in that sort of small cohort. Throughout high school, how does Cooper change? How, what type of person would you say you were at the start of year seven? What was your personality, personality like? What were your traits, your interests, your hobbies? And yep. how does that shift to when you get to year 12?
1: Um, <clears throat> sorry, wait. i just got to get a cough out of the way. That's all right. Um, I started high school at, um, at Bellingen High School. Yep. I did uh, term one there of year seven. And then we had to move uh, three hours north up to uh, where I live now. And I went to a um, – so that first term of high school, I had all my mates from primary school, so it was like I fit in. I was loud. I was talkative. Yeah. I was just the average type of kid. Um, went to a school named Kadena High, and that was term two of year seven, and I really struggled there. I That's um, probably when I was at the shittest point. It's just – I don't know. I just never really – like I know, it's kind of hard to like come in while it's people have already like formed their groups and stuff. But I was still fairly new. Yeah. I don't know. I just didn't really like the school that much. I had a couple of mates, but it was just like I didn't really ever feel included. So rarely went to school there. Honestly, I probably went once every couple of weeks um, until I eventually ended up moving to the school that I graduated from, Niman Central. Um, That was in year eight. I ended up finishing year seven at Kadena, but like I rarely ever went. So when I went to Nimbin, I was like, oh, I think I might have to repeat because I was very far behind. I I repeated. I went back to year seven and started from there. And um, at the start, it was hard because like I'd obviously just changed schools uh, until about year eight. And then I started really, really loving it. And um, found a good group of mates, found a group of mates that... Because um, Nimbin isn't a very sporty school, it's very artsy and yeah. and stuff like that. But found a group of mates that love their sport, got a mate that's fully into the NBA, got me into it, found a mate that loves his rugby league, Um, so that was good. And um, yeah, just went through, just happy. I was never the... Like, I was academically pretty bad, like I wasn't ever great in class, Um, but like I was always... Uh, I always contributed, always l- enjoyed going to school. Um, yeah. And just honestly kind of late. Like, like I really, I don't know how I got through school in the end. I really didn't do a whole lot, just kind of laid back and just kind of, I, I went more to school. I went to school more so for the, the social aspect rather than yeah. going in and doing math tests and, and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, I was never a bad kid. Like I, I was probably like a cheeky kid. Like I, I could have behaved better, but I, I never, um, yeah, I never really misbehaved too bad. I, I think I got suspended once for some terrible reason. I, I, someone pushed me and I pushed them back and I got suspended. Uh, so yeah, that's the only like serious trouble I'd ever gotten in. But yeah, honestly, just, just yeah, school was just crazy for me. Besides that little bit in um. Shadina, but, yeah, besides that, I was cruising.
0: Yeah. So you talked about you sort of had to restart Year 7 when you moved to Nimbin Central and yep. have that fresh start. Now, did you at the time see it as a fresh start or did you think, oh, I'm behind, I've got to repeat, this is bull crap, I should be in Year 8? How did you react?
1: I Well, I ended up asking for it when okay. I went to school they intended in t- putting me in year eight and I just knew how far back I was. I, uh, cause you can't miss that much school and expect to, even though honestly, looking back now I could have gone into year eight and been fine. Cause there's really not a whole lot of difference between year seven and year eight. But, um, yeah, I, I everything happens for a reason. I, I'm glad I did it now. Um, cause if I'd gone into year eight, like I had people I got along with in year eight, um, uh, but like I wasn't really too close to any of them. And the year seven group I went into, I was close with most of them. So um, it all it all worked out for the best. And um, I ended up, yeah, I was on pretty much just average par with everyone else at that point. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm glad I did it. Well, I guess as well, if you'd
0: go on straight into year eight, you face the same situation as you did at Kadena where everyone's got their established friendship groups everyone and it's sort of hard to break into that but if you can restart fresh in year seven everyone else is sort of on that same wavelength as you and you can it's a better opportunity to develop those relationships and those friendships and getting that sort of groove and as you said before you know only 30 people in your whole year i'd take it it's a lot easier to yep. do that, so uh, that's good, man. Uh, we're going to go back a bit because we've just talked about high school. We'll rewind a bit. Um, childhood, sort of, let's go the primary school years like we
1: did with Stirk last week. Yep. What type of kid were you in primary school? Um, Just a kid that just constantly... Uh... Just needed to be out. Like I really, as a young kid especially, had problems sitting inside a classroom. I just needed to be outside and running around and yeah. get. just that was me. But um, yeah, I went to – how many primary schools did I go to? I went to three primary schools just due to moving um, because my family rents. Obviously, you get moved around a fair bit because owners move back in, blah, blah, blah. Uh, started off my primary school uh, kindergarten at Coopanook Public, a very small town. Um, just outside of Tyre, where a few footy players are from. Um, yeah, it was good. Quite small. I, I honestly don't remember a whole lot of it. I was there till like year two. So I was like, yeah. Uh, then family moved to Harrington, which again is uh, like a beach town outside of Tare. Uh, really loved it there. That's probably one of my favorite schools. I just automatically fit in. It was a very sporty school. And if you're without like tooting my own horn I'm okay at athletics and that so it's easy to fit into a school that's already like all about that if you're okay at it so I had no problems fitting in and went till year five and actually became oh no went to the start of year six there and became school captain uh was school captain for like a couple weeks and then uh mum and dad broke up and we moved three hours north to where I was born uh Bellingen and finished year six there and uh yeah it it worked out it was good um very very big footy town bellingen so i fit in straight away it was easy transition um yeah just played footy at breaks and would talk about footy in class with my mates it was literally just footy 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 there and then yeah that was pretty much primary school i again same with high school i just kind of never really um was too academically gifted just kind of sat back and just rather hang out with mates and just play sport at lunchtime and stuff like that.
0: Were you still sort of that active kid who sort of needed to get out and be active in high school as well? You couldn't really sit and focus on work in primary school, like you said? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I actually know a couple of people and I forget exactly what it's called, but I think it's it's an actual thing. I'm not sure if it's a form of like ADHD or something. I don't think it is. But it's where you you can't sit down for a period of time. Yeah. And there was someone in my class, I think it was year nine, year 10. Um, it was a mate of mine back in high school. If anyone from high school in that class is listening, they might know what I'm talking about. In one of the classes, one of the teachers realised this. And yep. they sat him on... So like the corner, it was like the tables were set up in rectangles. They sat him on the corner, but she'd always leave the chair on the other side of the corner empty because while he was doing his work, he could just get up and literally shift from chair to chair. Um, And that helps. And I had a teacher in year seven as well. I think he was my English teacher who I think had it, and you notice as well, he always taught standing up and walking around. And even if we had tests to do and stuff, you know, if you're like doing a test, the teacher usually sits at the front of the room or something. He would like sort of sit down, be about a minute, get up, start walking around. And yeah, I think it's just, you need to be sort of, well, I I don't feel that need. So I'm sure you could explain it a bit better. It's sort of that need to be constantly moving and,
1: to yeah. have something well, I would,
0: constantly going on with your body?
1: I would, um, nearly every, like, uh, 20 minutes or so. I wasn't too bad, but every 20 minutes I'd just asked to go to the bathroom and I'd never go. I'd just go around and walk around a bit and go get a drink and just kind of just see what was going on. And, know I, I just constantly, like, I needed my legs to be moving. I just, if I sat there for, well, how long's a, a period of, uh, 45 minutes-ish, like, on average, I, I couldn't sit there for that long and... a classroom just listening so I hope I never have to get an office job or something like that because that probably won't be too ideal but um hopefully yeah hopefully if you get oh sorry yeah, I
0: was just gonna say hopefully if you get an office job you've got a chair with wheels on it so you can
1: push yourself yeah yeah Yeah. um but yeah I just constantly needed to be doing something and I just fidgeted like I, I don't I've never gone and seen anyone or anything but I just constantly fidgeted and I don't know. I just couldn't – maybe that's why I never really, like, academically uh, succeeded too well because, like, I was never too concentrated on, on the class. I was always just something else was going on and, and yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, you mentioned as well, I'm noticing that you move schools a lot. Was yep. there any particular reason for the most part? Obviously, you brought up your parents splitting up when you were in year six, yep. and that was obviously the reason you moved three hours north. But other than that, you know, all the different sort of school changes and all the times that you've sort of moved to different places, is there a, a common
1: reason behind that or...? Uh, yeah, it was just honestly moving moving house. Uh, the first school I went to, I changed to harrington From Coopernick to Harrington, it was just moving house. Yep. Uh, harrington to Pugetians, that was after the parents' break-up. And then we lived in Bellingen for a while and um, the owner, because we were renting the owner, wanted to move back into the house and we were searching all over Bellingen because we didn't want to leave. Everyone loved it there and we just couldn't find anything. And mum's um, partner had family up here that could like, help us transition. So they're like, yeah, pack your bags we're moving again. Uh, that was uh, another three hours north up to where I am today. Uh, and then started off at Kadena and just didn't really like it and then moved to Nimbin. So I've only moved schools once because of disliking a school yep. and then the other times were just moving house and it was just I kind of had no other choice.
0: And when you did move house, it was sort of circumstantial. So there wasn't a yep. common theme for moving house. It was yep. different reasons.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: Um, so you're obviously into your sport. That's how we know each other uh, through... You've run a couple of pages. Uh, you did the Blue and Gold yep. podcast as you're a Mad Parramatta Eels fan and NRL TPO, yep. you're part of that with a couple of mates. Uh, just let us know sort of what sports are you into? Who do you support? Well, I've just name-dropped the, yep. the Parramatta Eels there. But, um, yeah, what else?
1: <laughs> um, love my NBA. Like, so huge on the NBA at the moment. I just... Eh. The NBA do such a better job than the NRL when it comes to like promoting and like just in the off season, I'm just, it, it's just so easy to get around. Yeah. Uh, haven't really got a team in the NBA. kind of just follow, like I'm a big fan of the uh, Ball brothers, Lonzo, Lamelo, and Le'Angelo. but LiAngelo not really doing a whole lot. Um, yeah, big fan of them. So I kind of, I guess you could say I'm a Pelicans slash Hornets fan, but I don't really care. Like I just kind of watch it for fun. Um, yeah, rugby league's obviously number one for me, Parramatta Eels, which, uh, I was never actually, well, not never, I grew up a South Sydney Rabbitohs fan because my dad was, um, a Rabbitohs fan. And as a kid, you just kind of support who your dad goes for really. Uh, and yeah, I got to about, oh, I think it was 2010. The Eels had just made the grand final the year before and because yeah. I was a young kid I was a little bandwagoner and I loved Jared Hayne he's favorite player of all time. I was just like, eh, I'm going to go for the Eels now. I want to be a bit different and got my parents to buy me a bunch of Eels stuff and declared myself in as, as an Eels fan. And I'm, I'm I'm happy I did. Um, but besides that, I like my boxing. I'm not like, I don't follow it religiously. I just kind of, if there's a, a fight, or, like a, a big fight on, I'll watch it. But, um, yeah, honestly, just basketball. So the NBA and the NBL and rugby league are the two big ones.
0: Yeah, nice. Um, you brought up Jared Hayne, right? Um, had have... a big impact on your life, as I know he has. I know many people who grew up loving and watching Jared Hayne. We're obviously not going to get into it, but there's currently a, an off field situation that he's been dealing with with the past couple of years. When yep. hearing about that and hearing what we have, I mean, it's such a. It it's such a big can of worms to open if we were to get yep. into it. We don't exactly know the variables of everything. But when hearing that, that, that sort of off-field thing going on, how has that yep. changed your perception of him? Did it sort of have a toll on you with these accusations being made
1: of, you know, your yep. idol? It, it's hard because I don't want to look like I'm supporting. Like, yeah. At the moment, innocent until proven guilty yeah. his court case is court cases today, I think. If he's found guilty of the charges, I'd, I'll respect him as a footballer, but I won't respect him as a person because you can't be doing that stuff. But at the moment, like I'd, it's so hard because I don't want to look like I'm supporting yeah. what he has been alleged to have done. But like the I've followed this guy since I was the littlest kid would have his highlights on TV all the time would play out in the backyard, pretending I'm here, uh, pretending I'm him. Whenever I'd play footy on the weekends or whatever, after every try, I used to do the Hayne playing and stuff. It, he is honestly out of like every athlete of all time. He's number one for me, so it, it's hard. And um, it it would kind of be like you with Michael Gordon at the yeah. moment, uh, because obviously we won't get into that, but there's a few allegations, and um, obviously I know that you love him, so it's it's hard because. You love these people, but um, yeah, it's... Then when you show your support, people may take it the wrong way because it's like, oh, you're supporting a, a blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, I'm just going to see what happens with the court case. I've got my fingers crossed for him. He's he's pled not guilty, so I'm I'm hoping that's the case, but um, we'll see what happens. Yeah, well,
0: that's why I sort of brought it up, right? The Jared Hayne thing because, obviously, the recent Michael Gordon situation, with me, I see it as it's obviously a terrible thing. He's up pretty big however that's never going to retroactively change the impact he had on my life when i was a kid growing up like it can't it's not like i can go back in time and then instantly have the knowledge of what's alleged to have been going on like that just that that it, it, it's impossible, right? And I, I'm not now going to go, oh, well, this has come out. I'm going to go back on all my morals for the past 13 years that in essence sort of started with his show of kindness to me. And, you know, if if it does come out to be true, Michael Gordon has still done so many great things within the rugby league community as I know Jared Hayne has still sort of been doing during his time off trying to give back to the game I've heard which is good and it's not going to change and it wasn't just me he helped out so many people in the rugby league world that's why he's been seen as this like really stand up guy he has had this impact on the lives of so many people so he's done so much good however it's that that one bad thing right it's and it's going to overshadow everything now, unfortunately, but at the end of the day, and again allegedly, if it comes back that he has done it, well, then it's justified and yeah that we can't We can't change that, like as I said, even with Jared Hayne during his time away from rugby league, I've heard that he's you know helped he's gone down to like training sessions and stuff with kids and helped out. So while that is good and he's having a positive impact on those people's lives, it just takes that, that thing. And yeah, so I guess, sorry, my follow. Yeah, I went off on a bit of a tangent there. I guess my follow-up question is, is that how you sort of view the Jared Haynes situation as then, well, this is a terrible thing. If it turns out being true, as you said, you don't respect him as a human, but, do you do you, yep. you still um, sort of respect what he did for you all those years ago and without his influence on your life, you would not be who
1: you were today? Yep. Um yeah, you hit the nail on the coffin there. That that's exactly right. If it all does come out <clears throat> sorry. If it does come out as true, um can't even act like I'm gonna fully like <laughs> Won't, yeah, like I said before, I'm not going to respect him, but it's not going to stop me from him being my favourite player of all time. That's always going to be set in stone that he's my favourite player. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's really it's a really hard situation, um, but yeah, the impact he had on my life that that can't be erased. He, where, even if he's found guilty, that impact he's had a had on my life it it's yeah
0: yeah. We'll talk about sort of impacts on our lives now. You messaged me before and said you wouldn't mind talking about this, so I'll bring it up. You sort yep. of said there have been times in life or a time in life where you've been going through a bit of trouble, um, yep. a bit down or whatever. Would you be able to expand a bit in any way yep. that you're willing to um, as to what you meant in that message? Because it was a bit vague, and that's completely fine, but... Um, yep. You said yep. you did go through a bit of a, a bit of a rough patch. So if you're able to, uh, share a bit more, then yep. that would be great.
1: Um, I've had two big times when my mum and dad first broke up and having to leave dad because my, me and dad are so close, like extremely, extremely close. Uh, so yeah, when they first broke up and yeah, all the kids went with mum. we're a very big family, uh. I'm the third born of six kids all to the same mum and dad, dad's so, uh, very big family and um, we were actually home well not like homeless homeless like we weren't living on the streets but were in backpackers like all seven of us in one room and it um that lasted for like six oh, maybe not maybe just under six months we didn't have a house so um yeah just constantly we went up to Brisbane and stayed with a friend and were there for a couple of weeks and just moving around all over the place. Like it took a toll on my mental health and I was like maybe 11. So at the time I didn't really realize how bad it was, but it still affected me like it would any kid I feel. Um, And then the second one, uh, like I kind of um, spoke on a bit uh, briefly before, when I first went to high school in year seven at Kadena and it wasn't that I wasn't – bullied or anything it's just like when I said I wouldn't go to school for two weeks it'd be me in my room literally two weeks just doing absolutely nothing just sitting on my ass I would never go outside I just was in this rut that I didn't feel like I could I could get out of um and yeah that's honestly how I kind of got into to footy a bit more because like I was always a, a big footy fan but I never really um like analyze the game and like sat down and uh, really, yeah, like that. And that's um, when I was going through that um, rough patch. That's when I started to really get into statistics and all that. But um, anyway, um, yeah, just would have weeks, just never really doing anything and just um, coming home from school crying because I just hated it Uh, where I eventually changed schools and, the first few weeks at the new schools were rough. I remember no one at the school actually knows this. So this is my first That's time really saying it, it but at, at breaks because I didn't have any mates or anything, I, I'd go into the bathrooms and lock myself into the toilet and just spend my break there. Cause I just didn't, didn't want to walk around the school awkwardly or sit by myself or have people see me sitting by myself. So I'd go into the toilets at school and just lock myself in there and Just yeah, it was a pretty miserable time, but I remember a certain conversation with a teacher that I'm probably not gonna really get into. But a teacher kind of spoke to me, and because she noticed what was up, and um, yeah, she honestly, like, without over exaggerating, she changed my life that day. She really spoke to me and cared for me, and would always check up on me every day. And that was she was a huge help, and yeah, honestly, like, did my like did wonders for me. So um yeah that was good and then yeah just after that I kind of just slowly started to feel better and um started to express myself more and um yeah I'm I'm good now I'm honestly the happiest I've ever been even though this ACL is annoying uh but (laughs) yeah the happiest I've ever been that Nimmin Central School honestly changed my life it's the best school I've ever been to and I'm So grateful I ended up making that uh, change from Kadena to Nimbin.
0: That's awesome, man, that you were able to sort of overcome that. Um, And people realise and people going to high school now sort of don't realise the impact teachers can have in your life. You know, I've had multiple teachers that have helped me through, especially in year 11 and 12. Um, There's one teacher in particular who was, did you ever have like a a home group or like a a roll call or something that
1: you'd go to before? Um, class I did at the um at Kadena but at Nimmin yeah. it was that small so yeah we just, well my yeah.
0: homeroom teacher as we called it I had her I think she came in about the start of year nine or whatever and I had her till year 12 and we had a great relationship and it, was, it helped in year 11 and 12 she was my modern history teacher it's just that sort of you, you create these bonds with even with teachers and it's just close. And you know what? In the end, modern history was the class that I did best at in the HSE and I purely put it down to that relationship I had with that teacher. So it's great to know that, you know, teachers can have this impact on our lives in different ways. Obviously, the impact that teacher had on you was different to the one my teacher had on me and my teachers because it wasn't just her. But um, that's great to see, man. You brought up the ACL. And I know you wanted to yeah. talk about the ACL. What's been happening there? Because you
1: recently had surgery. Yeah, um, I tore the ACL and both the meniscuses playing. Oh, not I tore the ACL originally, just the ACL playing soccer. It was a semi-final game, and it was like pretty late into the second half, and my leg. La- I could. It sounds like like I don't know. I could kind of sense that it was going to happen. Like I didn't know my ACL was going to go, but I had a feeling like something bad was going to happen because my my calves started really tightening up and I, I probably should have – I went up to the coach and was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to need to be subbed off in a couple of minutes. I'm I'm really tight. And he's like, all right, yeah, a couple of minutes. And then in that couple of minutes, I ended up – I was running down the sideline and just no contacts, just out of nowhere, just it went. And that pop and the pain, oh, my God, that – I I thought I was that initial pain. I was like, oh, I feel like I'm gonna die. It's that bad. But then, like it, it goes for like ten seconds, and then the pain kind yeah, of goes you're away. Because it going to shock, don't you? Yeah. yeah, the pain kind of just went away, and um, because the crowd heard the pop and that, everyone started freaking out. So I thought I could get up and walk off the field. Like I thought, if a few people got around me, I could hobble my way off. But they ended up getting the stretcher out on every and everything. It was a bit of a scene. And I remember I was on the, like, I was behind the bench on the stretcher and my knee felt good. I was like, oh, God, have I just over-exaggerated? Like, have I just been stretched off for something that isn't bad at all? Um, but, yeah, I ended up going to the hospital that day. And Lismore Base hospital, like, I don't know, they didn't do a great – like, they gave me an x-ray. And they said, oh, we can't see any damage, mate. We're pretty sure you've just dislocated your knee and popped it back in. It should be sweet in six weeks didn't ever mention it could be, it, it, they never mentioned that it could have been an ACL. So I just assumed, oh yeah, I'm sweet. Uh, six weeks later, I was playing basketball. Bang. One of my meniscuses go, Ooh. go to the hospital again. And then they say, yep, same thing. Just stay off it for six weeks. I'm like, yeah, right here. Yeah. And then I'm playing handball. It goes again. And I'm like, I'm, I say to mum, I'm not going to the hospital. There's, there's something else going on. And I'm <coughs> going, getting MRI and, so much damage the knees just ruined and then um yeah go into the fracture clinic on Dece- in december last year and they're like oh yeah we'll book you in for surgery in february and yeah coronavirus happened and that pushed her back big time and yeah the next open spot was october 26th and um yeah got the surgery and on the men now Um currently like a month post-op so I'm getting there, but um, <coughs> yeah, it's um slowly getting better. But would rather have just at the time the initial injury would have. I wish I knew it was an ACL then because like I'd be sweet by now. But oh well, whatever. It happened. I can't go back in time, so it is so what it is.
0: You get hurt playing soccer, they say no, you'll be right. Strap yep. you off, send you on your way. Get hurt playing basketball, yep. no, you're right. We'll strap you off, send you on your way. Get injured in handball and that's <laughs> yeah. that's when uh that's when people realise, oh well there's probably something wrong here, and then you still gotta wait a year
1: to get surgery. Yeah. So what's the it- yeah. yeah, fourteen months for my surgery it was a long, long wait. So how ha- was- how's yeah. the
0: how's the leg been in that fourteen month period were you just sort of dealing
1: with constant pain? Um, it was okay. Uh, I was kind of like, I wore a brace most days. Uh, just, yeah, it was never really too constant. Like if I had a big day out on my feet and would like walked around a lot that day or went on an excursion at school and was just out and about, I'd, I'd feel it that afternoon. Like it it would be hurting. Um, but I was, I was a bit of a, a dickhead during it. Like I didn't really, like I, once I knew that it was my ACL and all that. I still couldn't resist because like I mentioned before that I can't stand being still in yeah. like not doing anything. I was still playing sport. I would wear my brace. I'd strap it and I'd be like, yep, let's just play sport. And it honestly, it was okay. Like I, I ended up getting through most of the year. I was playing touch footy and then my knee went again. Uh, so that wasn't good. That was like uh, halfway during this year. I did my knee again, but uh, that was the only one injury. So I could play sport. It was just super dangerous and I could feel how weak my knee was, but I just couldn't resist. But now I have to. I literally have no other choice. I, I know that if I play on this knee now that it's going to be I, – I, yeah, I, I'm too smart to play on it now after surgery. I'm going to wait the year and do my physio religiously. Like I'm going to really follow it. But um, – have yeah. you got
0: any ideas as to how you are going to sort of keep as active as you can during this time? Because it's obviously going to be hard. You sort of, it's like an itch, I guess, like an itch to yeah. be active. Have you thought of how yeah. you were going to, I guess, scratch that itch while you're basically
1: on one leg? Um, the physio is okay. like the physio kind of keeps me fairly active and gets my blood pumping and and stuff like that. But there's, I also enjoy fishing. So, and that doesn't really take too much of a toll if I can just get a chair and just set it up and I can fish fairly easy. So that's another thing. But honestly, this is like this month, uh, has been the laziest month for me. I really haven't been, and it's driving me insane. It's cause I just want to be going out and doing things and watching mates go to parties and that just having to sit at home watching Netflix. But, um, yeah, I think at <clears throat> the three-month mark, the physio said I can start jogging again, like in a straight yep. line. So once I get to that, I'm going to be doing a lot of jogging and, and stuff like that. But um, yeah, at the moment, I haven't really gotten any choice. I kind of just have to sit down and be lazy. Yeah. Uh, well, look, before we finish off,
0: one last question. Future yep. goals. What are your goals for the future? Have you got sort of a clear-cut idea of like, yep, this is what I want to do. I want to do this here, by then, or yep, what's going on? What what are your goals for the future?
1: Uh, well, growing up, it was always footy player. Like, I always wanted to be a footy player. And then I got to about oh, 16 and I kind of started thinking, uh, well, it's like, it sounds like obviously you always follow your dreams and blah, blah, blah but I was started to feel a bit more realistic. Like I wasn't really getting anywhere with it. And, um, I, I've grown up with a, um, autistic little brother and I've cared for him quite a lot. And it, it made me really passionate about caring for the say, Oh, special yep. needs kids. So my, I'd love to be, uh, a carer or something in that, um, industry. And, Eventually, like it's a bit far-fetched, but I believe I can eventually do it. I'd love to love to have my own foundation and have kids come in and then like take them to the beach for a day or something like that. Just like some sort of foundation where I can make uh, those kids, slash young adults' uh, lives a bit better. So, yeah, that's the goal and I'm definitely going to work towards it. I'm going to probably enroll into a TAFE course next year online while I'm doing my knee just – and just, yeah, work my way up the ranks. And um, hopefully 2022, I'll have a good knee and I'll get a job in that industry and, yeah, work from there. Well,
0: that's awesome, man. And I really hope and I believe that you can achieve that goal. It's crazy. Very similar story to Sturk, who was on last week. His younger brother, yep. I believe, suffers from autism. And he has since become yep. a teacher's aide and he's looking to become a school teacher through that. So... It's interesting, you yeah. know, the sort of similarities in, I guess, the catalyst for your goals. You know, that's sort of the base, yeah. but that's awesome, man. And I really believe that you can do it. Um, I just want to thank yeah, I you for coming that. on today, man, um, and telling your story. Oh, thank you. It's not always an easy thing for people to do. Um, and as I said at the end of last week, guys, if there's anyone out there, I've got a couple episodes lined up for the next couple of weeks which is awesome people wanting to come on and tell their stories but if you feel like yeah I've got a story to tell or I want to talk about my life or something come on just message me and we will work something out I'll give everyone an opportunity um so yeah and once again Coop thanks for coming on and telling your story um is there anything you yep. want to say before we finish up anything even that you want to
1: plug any of your pages um, I uh, I wish I could pl- I mean I could plug my pages but I've been really slacking on them Uh, but feel free to I mean NRL TPO is pretty dead now so feel free to Uh, the blue and gold podcast I really do want to start uploading podcasts I just it's been a hectic couple months I've had the graduation and all that but now that I've literally got a bunch of free time on my hands I do want to start uploading podcasts so It's the Blue and Gold Podcast on Facebook and the Blue and Gold Podcast on Instagram. So feel free to follow and like those pages.
0: We spoke a little bit about it last week. I'm keen to have you on Rugby League, in my opinion, again. We'll do some pods just to sort of open the behind the scenes curtain up a bit. I've done a few podcast episodes throughout the past 12 months, Rugby League, in my opinion, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Anyway, um, I've done player interviews that I've uploaded to. Um, podcast sites and the podcast we did together on the Parramatta Reels heading into 2020 is still by far my most listened to podcast and that's over any of the player interviews, any of the interviews I've done with other people in the rugby league community. So obviously the rugby league, in my opinion, supporter base Digs what you're doing, and they want that they want more Cooper ah. in their lives. So I think I better give them some more Cooper in their lives, and we'll get a couple of a few episodes in the off season. To I, I I get I guess I'll let you on to give you something to
1: do while while you heal over the next few months. Yeah, yeah, sounds good, man. I, I'm definitely right, okay.
0: awesome, man. Well, as I said, thank you so much, um, and best of luck with the future with. Trying to achieve a goal because I think it's very achievable and. I-